I'm Debbie Braun, president of the Aspen Chamber Resort Association. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of ACRA Election Forums. I am thrilled to have two of the mayoral candidates with us today, Kale and Tori. It's like I'm just using Hi, first names, right? <laughs> Hi, guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. How has the campaigning been going? Very, very stressful, exciting, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, a great experience to be a part of. Great. Um, and both of you are not coming in as incumbents, so are you finding that you're hearing a lot of people who want to talk to you about um, changes in City Hall? Most certainly. That's, yeah. a, I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's a daily discussion that, uh, you know, under, under uh, most circumstances gets discussed a lot. Right. Well, I want to remind all of our viewers that we changed the voting. No, people should not be waiting till November. Please get out March 5th. You should have your ballots in the mail right now, so get them out, take a look, get yourself educated. You guys have definitely been out and doing a lot of public outreach, and for that I'm really, really appreciative because there was lots of great information to gather as we began to formulate our questions to ask for you. So let's get started. What do you say? Sounds good. Okay, you guys are running for mayor. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Yes. I knew that. I knew that. <laughs> well, the mayor, I like to think, is the CEO of Aspen. You guys are in charge not only of your community, but your staff members. You have a lot of hard work to do. So um, I'm going to start with you, Tori. Yeah. What are two of your leadership strengths? Um, I, two of them. Yeah. Just two? Just two. I All know right. you have a lot um, more. I'd say, number one, uh, listening. Okay. Being a good listener. Um, I believe in collaborative problem solving. Um, I, I, you know, I, I consider myself a smart person, but not necessarily the smartest guy in the room. I, I look to others that have expertise in a lot of areas. So listening and getting input, yeah. uh, number one. And uh, number two, I think uh, communication. Uh, back, you know, and and uh, some of the oversight that I'm looking to bring to City Hall, I think, is is one of the best skills that's that's going to be needed in the next coming years. Yeah, especially with a new city manager coming in, perhaps new assistant city managers coming in, we're going to need kind of a, a retooling, a a new way of looking at how we do business in City Hall. What about you, Kale? Two of your leadership strengths. Uh, first one, I'm never afraid to take the first step. Uh, you know, I kind of have been conditioned to when the question arises, who's going first, I'm going to step to the plate and I'm going to be that leader. Um, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life due to being that first one to step, but you know, there's always something to learn from, you know, being, uh, you know, the, uh, protagonist and, you know, trying to solve a problem. And even if you do, uh, you know, learn from it, there's, uh, something to be carried away with that. And then, uh, like, you know, uh, Tori was saying, communication. I um, am very personable. I love to just, you know, chat with anybody. So I'm looking to bring that to the table, you know, get uh, more of that communication from the, communi the community involved and then also within uh, town council. Um, I think that there is a, kind of a, a divide amongst town council and the rest of uh, the office. So I'd like to see, you know, that be a little bit more of a cohesive relationship. Great. Um, I always think a sign of a good leader is when you want your team, your city staff, um, <clears throat> to succeed. And you want them to, watching them succeed um, is a way of feeling like you've accomplished something. Yeah. So can you cite an example where um, your team succeeded and you got to enjoy that process? Um, from a young age, I've been, uh, you know, setting goals and uh, achieving them. Um, I was part of the... Uh, 
uh, initial board for the skate park down in Basalt uh, when I was in seventh grade. Um, same thing with the Basalt Skate Park was a uh, one of the members who had an output on that. Um, and all throughout my life, you know, I have set goals and I accomplish them. I'm a big marathon runner, um, and you know, if something I want to attain is in my way, I'm gonna I'm gonna reach for it and attain it. And what about you, Tori? The first one that comes to mind is uh, when I was serving on city council um, and <clears throat> we were looking at getting uh, recycling going in our town a little bit more strongly right. and uh, we ended up mandating recycling service and it was a great, uh, great opportunity to work with our environmental health department out of City Hall. At that time it was a lot smaller group and uh, Jeanette Whitcomb was actually uh, one of the, the heads of the department and I worked closely with her and what was so interesting and so rewarding about it was at first, uh, the answer was, I don't think we can do this. I don't think we can get this done. And we talked about it. We had a couple meetings. And then we started looking at other communities that had successfully implemented it and started taking what we thought we could adopt here in our own community. And uh, I, I remember the day, and Jeanette called me, and she said, I think I found it. I think I found it. And uh, we met again, and sure enough, she was like, we, we can do this here. This is going to work. So uh, it was really, it, that was a great team effort, and uh, that's something that I'm proud of to this day. Yeah. We just came back from um, a conference in Disneyland and did some of the Disney training, and they say um, we should all say yes if instead of no because. So just reframing sort of the conversation, which is what I really hope City Hall looks to do in the coming years. I agree. Um, okay. Identify the most essential element to cultivate excellence and achieve results at the city. I'll what are those? I'll jump in. Go do uh, it. Yeah. Say, say it again real quickly. Identify the most essential element yeah. to cultivate excellence and achieve results at City Hall. I, communication. I, I'll go straight to it. I, I You know, as in, and that works both in City Hall amongst council members as well as staff and management, but that also goes for the citizenry, the citizenry communicating to the council, the council communicating to staff, staff communicating back to council, and then back to the, the community to make sure that we're closing the loop on the things that we're trying to get done here. I think that's what's really been lost over the last few years, communication. What about yourself? I would have to agree with Tori. You know, the communication definitely needs to be our number one focus. And I would say that we need to uh, do some more community outreach projects. We have a lot of events going on throughout town that are very geared towards tourism. And it'd be amazing to see some more, um, you know, locally engaging events that the town is hosting. I, I agree. Yeah. 100%. I, I came in here thinking about that, as, <laughs> as a matter of fact. Yeah. Not necessarily big events, but community-based events. Sure. Well, what's interesting about communication is I often have wondered after the shift program is did we not communicate or did we not get what we wanted to hear and we still move forward? So it's easy to communicate. I think the taxi drivers, they were communicated <laughs> with. Um, the citizens, they were communicated with. ACRA, we were communicated with. But maybe we weren't telling them what they wanted to hear. So moving forward, when you talk about communication, it's really easy to just say, I'm going to go do this. But how are you going to shepherd support and move something as progressive as like the shift program forward? I'll jump, jump in again there. Uh, you know, I, I guess I would disagree with you a little bit. I, I, I think where that broke down was the listening. Um, you know, the term is, is outreach, but a lot of times outreach just means going out there and telling people what you want to tell them. 
And, and oftentimes, a lot of the meetings that we have uh, conducted by the city, I've noticed, you know, you, you can get the results that you want by asking the questions that you want to ask and, and steering the answers. So I really felt like um, when we talk about eliminating the parking on Hopkins Avenue on Restaurant Row, I, you know, I, I happen to live downtown, so my ear is to the ground a little bit better, perhaps. But I was shocked that the council members thought that they didn't see that coming. Uh, you talk to anybody on Restaurant Row, you, if you listen to them, you would have known that that was a bad idea that wasn't going to fly with them. Uh, the taxi drivers, I mean, they raised their voice at the very end, you know, when that was going to be voted on. But again, if you're on the streets and you see these people day to day, you're going to be listening to what they say. You'd be having those conversations. I, I think the outreach problem there was that they weren't listening. Kale, what about yourself? Um, you were not a proponent of shift, is that correct? Uh, no, I was not. Yet you're on an environmental platform, um, and shift was really designed to help get cars and address traffic and, and those types of issue. So, what do you what would you propose coming out that aligns with some of your environmental initiatives that surround transportation? Um, I've been uh, promoting RAFTA the whole entire campaign. Um, we have one of the most amazing transit uh, companies in North America. They've won several awards for innovation and um, just the services they provide. And it is a very underutilized system. The whole idea behind RAFTA was to get more cars off the road. And we have, you know, funding and the capabilities to get a lot more cars off the road, be it, you know, parking at the intercept lot and riding a bus into town, or, you know, that's your mode of transportation, the commute on the RAFTA bus. So I feel like we are... Um, we're trying to put a Band-Aid over an issue that we have had the solution to solve for many, many years now. And I would like to see, you know, us further expand upon that. Um, and what's I, that solution that's been right there in front um, of us? You know, just getting uh, more involvement through the, the Rafta bus, trying to get companies, you know, to offer that as an um, employment benefit. You know, here's your, your month pass for Rafta bus. Um, well, just to be clear, Acker does offer a discounted program for employers. Most to get certainly, their, and there's plenty of business around yeah, town that do, do the same thing. Yeah, which is really great. However, if you're riding the bus in the morning, you're not, it's not a pleasant experience because a lot of times the buses are full. Most so are yeah. you guys riding the Rafta buses up and down the valley? Um, and ridership is going up, so Rafta can only do so much. What's the next level of solutions? Out well, if we're just talking about um, the bus transit, I, there are, I think there's some operational improvements that we can be making on Rafta. Like you're saying, and I think this is what Kale's alluding to, is you're right. If the buses are full in the morning, uh, then we need to increase bus availability so that we can increase ridership. That's something that I think we both would agree about. Uh, but there's other service things that I think that Rafta is not really maximizing right now. Yes, I do ride the bus up and down the valley. I'm not a commuter. I live in downtown Aspen, um, but I have occasion where I take the bus down valley a lot. Uh, one of the things that just kills me is when I'm standing at a stop and the BRT goes right by me. W what kills me is when uh, uh, any other route except the local won't stop at the stop that I need to get off on. I don't think that's very efficient use of, of busing. Uh, we also see a lot of buses that are going empty. So I, I agree with what Kale's saying. And he's not just bus-centric, though. We've talked a lot about other modes of transportation as well, uh, from pedestrian and bike to car sharing. We're for all those things. 
Um, but if you do the math on some of the mobility plans that, that were being rolled out, uh, the actual um, vehicle miles traveled wasn't being impacted efficiently. It wasn't an environmental movement at that point. Um, so I think there are things that we can be doing, and, and increasing rafters' effectiveness is one of them. Most certainly would agree with all that. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, then, um, we only have 30 minutes, so it's kind of like we're just shooting a lot of questions at you right now. But one of the things I want to know is once one of you is elected and you move into goal setting in the summer with your fellow council members, what is your number one goal that you want to see brought forward that the city's going to be working on? Pick one or two goals. What would one of your top two goals be if you became the next leader of the city? Um, I've had a big focus on pushing that uh, environmental movement with a uh, um, highlight on a community greenhouse or, you know, expanding the community garden. I feel like we have a very valuable um, asset we could add to the community by, you know, improving that, expanding upon that, you know, creating a, uh, you know, maybe even a commercial or retail spot where uh, restaurants can rent little plots of land and be producing their own uh, um, greens and whatnot. So I would love to see that would be one of my first initiatives to, you know, kind of expand upon that. And I've heard a lot of uh, support for that amongst us communities. Why aren't we trying to get something in play that is actually going to be another valuable asset to our community, like the rec center or, you know, the so many other uh, valuable assets that the community has. In prioritizing goals, especially business goals, how does that fit as a business goal? Um, I think the greenhouse, I love the idea, and I actually have one at my own house, um, but how is that really helping business? Well, I mean, there's a, a whole market that could be expanded upon that. We have the uh, Saturday's Farmer's Market, you know, bringing in local uh, uh, merchants, but those local merchants are coming from two and a half hours away in Paonia and bringing the produce from there. So it'd be a very valuable asset to the community to go, oh, hey, look, this is our, uh, our community greenhouse providing, you know, uh, a platform to sell produce that was uh, grown at the community garden. So in that, you know, it's itself um, having a platform to sell, you know, produce, that's one regard. And then also, you know, renting it out as a commercial space and also leasing out to the community. Great. I, um, I've Goal been setting. Working, yeah, yeah, I've been working on a, a compost program. You know, I, we, huh. we send uh, here in Aspen 40% of our residential and commercial waste outside of construction material. 40% that goes to the landfill is compostable material. Um, so I'm uh, a waste management person, um, environmentally motivated. So that is a program that I'd like to see moving forward and intend to keep on working on that regardless of whether I'm elected or not. However, I, I want to really touch on what you're, you're kind of talking about is this council for a number of years has uh, utilized a top 10 goal setting uh, seminar to, uh, I guess, focus their energies. But I really think that that's gotten us off track. Um, if, if I'm elected, my, my intention is going to be to go department by department and kind of set priorities in each department, you know, not just 10 for our entire city, but really refining and getting more efficient about what we're doing in every department. And is that the job of the mayor or the city manager? I, I think it's both. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I think you're talking earlier about the mobility lab. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the things that's been missing is there, there hasn't been follow up and follow through. 
You know, council uh, sometimes claims that we're, they're just a policy-making body, and that's where it stops. I don't agree with that. You know, this is a job. We're, we're supposed to be in there to get things done. You know, Kale has a great idea with a community greenhouse uh, and, and locally sourcing food product. In order to get that done, you can't just mention it and think it's going to pop up. You have to work to those ends. So I think that's one of the things that you need from a, a new mayor and new council members as well is some follow-through and some oversight to work alongside staff. Right, but what happens if you have five people on council who all have differing priorities and now are infiltrating into your into the staff that, but that's not how that's not how that's okay. not how it goes you know you, you as a council there's five members you assign priorities and you would assign them in each department you don't have just rogue council members going out there like i know they told Woo, me to do this seems <laughs> like it would be a little crazy that, that, yeah. that's just not the way it operates at all uh, unfortunately we've gotten even further away from that where it's not operating at all you know where these initiatives are dying on the vine They're, over the last six years i think there's been half a dozen and more initiatives that have been started only to be retreated from at the last moment. I could go child care improvements. Uh, well, why don't you give me an update on the pedestrian mall? I actually, uh, I can. It is not in the budget for this year. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to actually talk to you about that. Yeah, it's one more thing that seems like we put a lot of energy into and now they quietly sort of move away. And I would just like kind of a, a fact sheet about what we approved, what's going through, and what's not. So, because after a couple of years of not hearing anything about the mall, I was curious, is it moving forward? Well, it is currently not in uh, the, For the next year. It is not in the next year's budget. But we did a lot of, we paid a lot of people and I, worked a long time, didn't we? To you know, I am uh, one of the opportunities look, going into this and, and uh, the potential of being the next mayor is I was looking forward to overseeing that project and making sure that that is a capital project that the city accomplishes correctly. I would also like to attack, I'll say it right now, you know, the downtown smell that, uh, that permeates our town uh, when we're busy. Well, we need to do some things downtown. The, the mall renovation... You know, I don't want big sweeping changes. I love the historical nature of it, but um, we do need some upgrades. It is not in the budget, um, but I... It seems like it's structural and um, infrastructure it, changes, not like... There are some yeah. necessary things that are underground, not just about the exactly. bricks. It's not just about the bricks. Yeah. Um, but, Debbie, it, it fell off the table. So yeah. make that seven or more things that have fallen off the table in the last couple of years. Okay. Kale, anything that you see that has fallen off the table or they, ha they said they were going to do and then that we're not doing um, and haven't been communicated properly about that? Um... I mean, there's several projects in this town that everyone would like to see go forward, but, uh, you know, yeah. getting the support for them is, you know, it's hard to find. Um, you know, everyone talks about the, the housing movement and how that needs to be the number one focus. And I would agree with that. You know, if we don't get that solved in the next decade, then we're going to have a huge problem for the middle class in Aspen. Um, I think housing is so incredibly important, and it's one of the goals. I mean, it aligns perfectly with business mm -hmm. because it's really, we look at it as workforce housing. Yeah. We must have our employees here so that we can um, offer the best services. So, so I mean, however, housing's been touched a lot throughout, so I was trying to stay away from housing a yeah. little bit. So let's talk City Hall. Let's do. Let's talk the big building. Or the small building. I don't think it's huge, actually. <laughs> um, the new city hall. Were you two supporters of that concept? Yes or no? Uh, yeah, I'm a supporter for that. You are? Um, I mean, there's 
a number of staff issues that are you know occurring in the current city hall they definitely need some more space and i feel that's a another uh, building that could be repurposed and utilized to solve some of the problems that we have in aspen like the the daycare issue that would be lovely to see you know right downtown we have a, a tremendous daycare in the old city hall building the armory that was my next question is I think years ago we had some kind of vote, I don't know if it was a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the armory and community use, like what's going on with the armory? Do either of you know, like if the... Um, it's scheduled to be renovated and okay. utilized for city offices as well. Okay, so yes. we didn't... Uh, it was an advisory question that simply asked the public if they preferred the armory to be utilized for city offices or community space. Yes. And I think the vote was uh, in favor of community space, but maybe uh, 55, 45, something like that. But technically it won't be community space because we have to put offices still in it, there? It was an under... advisory question. Okay. They just, you know, were looking to you know, shuffle the pieces around. Uh, the city is trying to figure out its space needs. Right. Uh, when it comes to the new city hall, yes, I, I, I was supportive of it being down there in the civic campus that it is. Um, I thought we lost some opportunity with the police station redevelopment. We probably could have put more density there for city offices and alleviated some of the build pressure that we're putting on this one location. Um, I also disagree with some of the um, current city plans for employee generation and growth. We're adding 11 new employees this year at a million dollar payroll uh, increase to the city. Uh, the new plans for the new city hall uh, have been said to me uh, that there was 5,000 square feet of unprogrammed space that they will grow into. Uh, I think there's a lot of unnecessary meeting space in the building as well. So I would have liked to seen uh, an amended program. Uh, I don't think we need everything that they're building there, and it could have been minimized, and I think that really keeps in, in with the ethic of Aspen. Um, any housing they're building on the site with, at the new city hall? No. No housing with it. What about power plant now? So you have the armory, you have the power plant, the city does, and now the new city hall. What are some ideas about the old power plant? Um, because You're I there. think we're moving into the new city hall. Do you know if we are or not? Have you looked at the plans? I haven't looked at the plans. Uh, no. Do you, you would know that, I would think. Well, it would be nice if somebody would communicate... <laughs> um, I believe we are moving up into that unprogrammed space, potentially, but I haven't heard officially, which would open up then the whole discussion on power plant yeah. again. Any ideas that you guys have for power plant? Um, again, you know, back to the, the daycare, the child care, I think that that's something that we need to expand upon in both of those sites. Uh, I get I mean, scared when I think about small children in the water right there, but that could just be me. Well, I mean, <laughs> Rachel said the same thing, you know, having small children at, uh, right next to the body of water. Yeah, um, a rushing body of water. Yeah, I'm going to say that, uh, you know, the daycare is capable of keeping small children out of a, uh, a you know, rushing body of water. Um, I would hope that they are capable of going that. It's a beautiful that. location. Yeah, 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 it really is. And, you know, it's it'd be convenient, too. You know, you okay. get off at Cemetery Lane and, you know, just drop your kids off there and head into town the back way. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a, a number of, you know, uh, um, spaces that we could utilize for this growing problem of childcare. Yeah. What about, what do you think? I, I'll go back to what I said uh, so many years ago. I, I, I think that 
if we can get you a, a home that's uh, more in the downtown area that makes you happy and that space opens up, I think we should open it back up to the community and let the uh, needs kind of grow organically. I don't see why we don't uh, start off by having uh, everything from uh, community picnics to yoga to Saturday markets to you know things that are for the community. And then I think the, the way that it shakes out for the long term will kind of be organically conceived. Right. Um, I think those are all really good points. And you can actually have movies down there because you got the brick building. I mean, there's lots of fun things we've yeah. been thinking of down there. I would say that Accra is more suited towards the parking garage because of the summer traffic, you know, trying to acclimate people down at the powerhouse and then turn them back around into the parking garage has its own set of challenges. Yeah, how long, most certainly. How long yeah. have you been down in the power plant building? Just over a year now. Okay. Yeah, it's a great location. And um, I think when and if we vacate, uh, there's going to be such amazing opportunity for the community. Yeah. Um, okay, Tori, you're against our Lift One Quarter project. Yes. Um, but you weren't against City Hall relocation. You were for that, too. Because well, this question is brought to you by a member. So yeah. it says you are against the Lift One Quarter project yeah. and you were against City Hall relocation to Rio Grande. As a voice of business, ACRA looks to de um, development projects and their future influence on Aspen's prosperity and downtown vitality. Somebody wants to know, are you anti-development? No, I'm not. No, okay. No, I'm for Great. smart growth. Yeah. Uh, I fully support the Lift One Lodge. I fully support the uh, new lift, the ski museum. Uh, I don't support Gorsuch House uh, being built up the hill um, for so much square footage and amenity space. I think there could be a much better project built there. I also think that the city should partner in and build a world-class World Cup finish arena um, you know, something I, I visited other ski towns um, in the summertime even. And, you know, I'll go to the to the finish area and just be like, oh, this is where I watch. This is where they come. I think we should treat that area the same way as that. Um, I think that the long term impacts of the proposal for the Lift One Corridor are, would be negative on our transportation, on our housing, and, and again, eroding some of the middle, as we've been calling it, of Aspen. You know, the, those facilities up there are not going to be serving the community. They're going to be uh, fully, uh, if you will, visitor amenities. So mm -hmm. I, you know, I'd like to see a project that really returns a little bit more to the community than, than that upper part. But I completely support the lower part of the development there. When it comes to City Hall, uh, I did not support buying Mark Hunt's building that was uh, overpriced and would have taken a massive renovation. That would have been a nightmare for the city. I do support the, the new location. We need uh, civic space. I'm aware of that. So, no, I'm, I'm not fighting against that. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, what about you, Kale? What do you think your responsibility is to the business owners who two-thirds of them can't even vote in our community? Do you feel like you have a responsibility to business or just the voting community? Uh, I would most certainly uh, say that I have a responsibility to businesses in town. I've talked to a number of shop owners and they're in support of Lift One um, for that you know, development that it's going to bring to town. It's going to bring more um, ability to stay in Aspen, um, more you know, rooms. Uh, 
there is some qualms about the employee housing and a number of other issues, but um, you know the big picture of it, it's going to be something that is appealing to Aspen. It's you know has the possibility of returning the World Cup here, and yeah. I would agree with Tori. You know there are d several um, issues about the project that could be redeveloped, redesigned, and you know kind of be looking towards the future Aspen a little bit broader than it is right now. Um, but, you know, I, I feel that the project is going to be something that is very, very clutch to the future of Aspen. I mean, you know, you're touching on um, it not bringing a lot of local retail restaurants. And I would like to see the opposite of that. I would like to think that, you know, our community can support it, can go up there, can, you know, go out to the restaurants. And uh, I mean, that's one of my favorite areas of town. So I would love to see it, you know, revamped and, you know, have uh, a real grand size park up there. So I'm, I'm all for it. Great. Well, I want to just thank you both. I mean, there has been a lot of effort on both of your parts to get out there, to talk. I hope this isn't the end. I really hope it's just the beginning of all this dialogue because I do think it bonds our community better together. So I really want to thank you guys for running. I want to thank everybody for joining us for this edition of ACRA's Election Forum. You can catch this on Facebook, on Instagram. Grassroots is going to be replaying it. But if you do anything, Get out and vote. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much.